0: Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.
2: Welcome to this Monday episode of Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry and I am in a fantastic mood. Just an absolutely fantastic mood. Why? Well, you have, for the last 166 days, been hearing me day after day complain about being all cooped up in the guest bedroom, uh, hearing little baby Piper cry from the next door over. Uh, well, uh, well, things have changed And I today uh, am pleased uh, to announce that I am back broadcasting from KSL Broadcast House. I'm here with the whole team. Uh, We're exercising good, great social distancing. I've got a mask here on hand. Uh, There are uh, towels and sprays and uh, antiseptic wipes just everywhere. We're super clean here, uh, and it is just a wonderful thrill uh, to be back here. And hopefully, hopefully that translates. Hopefully you'll feel some of the excitement in my voice throughout the day as we cover this uh, long list of topics we're going to discuss here today. Starting, starting with Utah State University. Now, you've heard reported throughout the morning that they're at uh, Utah's Agricultural School, that they have discovered uh, a certain way of tracking the movement of coronavirus uh, around that college community. They're looking in the sewers. Yeah, they're, they're, they're scooping a little bit of uh, what travels through there, analyzing it. And it's turned out uh, that there are a handful of students, about 300 of them, uh, living on campus, who now need to be tested for the coronavirus and asked uh, to quarantine for a time uh, because of what has been detected in the wastewater coming out of uh, about four resident halls. In just a moment, we're going to hear from KSL News Radio's uh, John Wojcik, who throughout the morning has become an expert on this topic. But first, let's uh, uh, look back earlier to uh, Dave and Dejanovic's program. Amanda uh, Dorito from Utah State University, a spokesperson up there, was asked, "What do they have? What exactly are they having students do now that now that the COVID has been detected in the wastewater?" And listen, I promise, I'm going to do my best. Not to make too many uh, wastewater or sewage jokes, uh, but just know, no, 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 that it is, uh, it's not an easy task for me. So, all right. uh, Now for the university uh, spokesperson, again, Amanda Dorito being asked, what are they having students do there now?
1: So, yeah, students are, are, we're not encouraging them to return home. That puts others at risk. So we're really um, asking them to quarantine in their room with their own household in their suites. And, um, and hopefully it won't be too much longer before they get the test results and we'll be able to separate which students can um, return to their, their daily lives and which ones are positive or have had contact with a positive case and need to continue into isolation and quarantine. And then, of course, we'll continue to support those students to make sure they can continue their classes, get food deliveries, um, and, and anything else they might need while they do that.
2: In a very natural question, as we certainly as we move into uh, this new era of schooling, uh, both in the K through 12 level and then at the university level, when these types of uh, situations arise, when we find pockets of possibly infected individuals or, in fact, are able to uh, diagnose uh, as positive, a handful of students. How do classes continue? So Amanda Dorito, uh, again on D two this morning, was asked, "How do they continue classes with so many students quarantined?" Remember that number is three hundred.
1: Given all of the different delivery methods that we have on campus, and most of them have um, some sort of online component, you know, we're we're really working towards keeping those going. A lot of our classes that are in person are really, really need to be, have an in-person component. So, you know, that's something that we'll will have to be flexible about as um, fall semester gets going. But we're really, we're really prepared for all kinds of different scenarios.
2: Flexibility—that is the name of the game right now. We need to, at any turn, be able to uh, do this or do that depending on the situation facing us. And so that uh, is what we're hearing from Utah State University now uh, for the this morning's expert on, on this subject. I turn now to John Wojcik, KSL News Radio reporter. John, sir, how you doing?
3: Good to hear from you, Lee. Doing well. Glad to hear you're back at the uh, broadcast house.
2: It feels good. I, I know maybe for the listener it just sounds like another voice coming through the radio, but for me uh, to be back here where it's buzzing, uh, I can see producer Amy face-to-face and Amber and the whole team, Gustavo, uh, it really is uh, a wonderful day for me. So thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, it, tell me what you've learned here this morning. How'd they go about finding uh, these, uh, <laughs> these samples?
3: Yeah, exactly, these wastewater samples. So what we know is Utah State University is actually one of – it's a total of four – universities in Utah that have joined with the state to test sewage samples. And basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to track the spread of COVID-19. It was actually back in April when researchers began testing the wastewater at, I think, around 10 different treatment plants along the Wasatch Front and also in northern Utah. So they're trying to you know, get a hold of uh, a, vi- a potential COVID-19 outbreak before it gets out of control. So what they found is elevated levels of the virus in these samples, and it was in four different residence halls at uh, Utah State. And so there's roughly 300, a little under 300 students uh, that live in these residence halls that are impacted. So to err on the side of caution, they're having all of those students for the time being quarantined. Uh, it sounds like about half of them got tested yesterday, you know, which is pretty, pretty immediate, and then the other half are getting tested sometime today. And then it's going to take at least a couple, two, three days for those test results to come back, And then at that point, you know, we'll know more and the school will know more of how to proceed going forward. But like you heard from Amanda, they don't really they don't sound like they're going to change their learning process or I guess the delivery method, because like many of these other schools all across the state and really the country, this hybrid model leans so much already on online learning that, um, you know, they feel confident that even if some students are quarantined or have to miss school, that. Enough of it's on a, online at this point, where they really can go forward and these these kids, even if they're quarantined, would still be able to take part in their classes.
2: If you are able to identify with any degree of certainty that a certain uh, building or area or even community uh, has, you know, a certain percentage of infected individuals within that population. Uh, It seems to me like that's like the magic bullet that we have found a way to to identify uh, and at least isolate, as we've done in this case, uh, you know, populations which are suffering from this virus. Are are you aware of this practice of examining the the sewage, the wastewater uh, taking place anywhere else?
3: Uh, you know, from what I can understand is that some other universities in the state, I think three other universities are doing something similar, but this is the first time that it's kind of, uh, proven to be really beneficial. The first time that they've been able to detect something. So in this case, they found the elevated levels, uh, in these four different residence halls and exactly like you described there, they can say, okay, we don't want anybody to leave this area. We have to quarantine you before, you know, this gets out of control. So they're trying to, We'll know more in a couple of days to see, you know, uh, what percentage or, or if any of these students test positive for COVID-19. But you're thinking, you know, if you're able to get a, a little bit of a read on this beforehand, it really should limit the amount of kids or the amount of students. Uh, that have to uh, potentially, you know, get infected by the virus. So I think the hope is that, you know, with this sort of testing here, they can, it makes going back to these universities opening more feasible. And like you heard from Amanda earlier as well, uh, they already are leaning pretty heavily on an online format. So even if, you know, some students do test positive, they're pretty confident that, you know, they can continue this fall semester uh, uninterrupted and not having to go completely to a digital format. And also, worst case, you know, not having to shut their doors or uh, close the year down early.
2: Yeah, John, uh, thank you so much, John Wojcik, KSL News Radio reporter. He's following the the story here this morning, so to speak. Uh, thanks so much for your work on this and explaining it for us. Thanks, Clay. All righty. Uh, again, like I said, this to me sounds like a tactic which we should have been doing for for uh, you know since the beginning of this virus. Because one of the, the questions we have had is how widespread is it? How What does community spread look like or community transmission? How are we able to identify uh, this place or that place? Uh, and how are we able to track uh, the the spread of this thing? And whereas plumbing... The sewer system is a, uh, it's a finite, it's a trackable, it's a record, it's a mapped out uh, system. We understand flow. We understand where things start and where they end up. And as you move your way uh, up the line and as you test, you should be able to whittle down. It, it, it makes perfect sense to me, uh, but what do I know uh, about sewage? <laughs> uh, so are you proud of me? I resisted and made very little, very, very few uh, sewage jokes. Not Not a single one, all right? And I've got this new back-in-the-studio energy, so it was all the more challenging uh, to restrain myself. We're going to take a break right now. When we return, uh, we're going to be speaking with a friend of mine from the Granite School District, Ben Horsley. You hear him on these airwaves all the time because he is so good at explaining what the kids are going through, what they are facing, what parents need to know, what teachers are experiencing. And right now, there is a situation which children... Uh, are presenting to school with some symptoms. Parents ought to be a little more vigilant. We're going to get into when you should keep your child home from school. Ben Horsley from Granite's going to help us understand that next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.
1: A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one.